Hello, beautiful people. Thanks for tuning in to the Alpha Omnia podcast. On this episode, we have owner of RB Fit Chicago, Monica, on to talk about all things fitness and nutrition related. We also talk a little bit about the upcoming Chicago Marathon that she will be running in. We ain't playing with actually just looking at your uh, profile and like your social media pages and you yep. are a very accomplished you do a lot with your time <laughs> I'm very impressed when Mickey, I do yeah I Mickey do. left a lot of that out <laughs> but um yeah I saw the intro and I was like Matt first of all I'm not CrossFit but we'll talk about that later <laughs> <laughs> which is why I sent you my bio the other day I was like wait a minute maybe you should probably see what I actually do yeah and I was just looking around I'm like hold on does she own RB Fit or what's going on so I was like digging around like, damn she owns this too and and I see her training for a marathon too um, this is unbelievable yeah <laughs> so all the power to you, but that's awesome. Let's, um, thank you. Let's start, I guess, from the very beginning. I know you used to have like a corporate job and then you decided to kind of shift your entire life into fitness and nutrition. Uh, what led you to make that decision? Well, there was a middle step. So after I left corporate world, I actually was a caterer and a private uh, chef and that company was called Red Butter which was named after my grandfather. Um, it was his name from uh, Hindi to English. In any case, so I became a chef. I did really well. I won Bacon Fest 2012, did a lot of pop-ups around the city, um, but then I started to gain the weight. Um, the industry itself is very difficult. You are working long hours. You're eating like crap. Even though you cook for everyone else, you eat worse than anything. And then on top of that, you know, you drink. It's just part of the culture. It's something that happens, but more so there was no balance in my life. I didn't have time to work out. It was not on my radar. So naturally I hit 30 and the weight gain. Um, at one point I woke up and said, I'm not healthy. I need to figure this out. I hired a trainer back in 2014, worked with him, lost all the weight, got stronger. And ultimately in 2016, I ran my first marathon. Then I started to think about how I wanted to do this for everyone else. I loved feeling so good about myself that I wanted others who were in the same predicament to feel the same. So I decided in 2017 to get certified through NASM. So I got my certified personal training certification. And then I also got my fitness nutrition specialist certification, which kind of ties into my whole food background. So I'm able to meal plan, create recipes, but also train my clients and provide them with an overall, you know, healthy lifestyle solution. So that's where my evolution came from. Right. So you, you started with your own personal trainer, you got certified. And so you basically help people with their workout plans uh, in order to lose weight and gain strength if they want that. Or is it just you mainly, mainly focus on uh, weight loss? No, it's it's about weight loss and gaining strength. Okay, we, that's we, correct. Yes, and then you also provide the uh, nutrition plans and your NA, NASM certified, so it all goes together with your 
uh, private chef experience. Wow, that's quite the resume. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that is my resume. Well, my background was in finance, so then that also ties in to having your own business and being an entrepreneur. So it, it, it's a very well-rounded situation for me. I'm able to handle my business and do the multifaceted work that I can do. And I do take a lot of pride in that. Yeah. Oh, so then does RB come from the red butter? Correct. I just shortened it. That's awesome. That's uh, great. Are you still involved at all with, um, with, you know, with, with red butter or did you completely leave that? Um, the catering aspect of the job is gone. Uh, I still own red butter as a whole. I, it's kind of hard to give that up. There's sentimental value to it, but if I ever wanted to go back and cater later on in life or start a food business or maybe my kids do, it's still there. Oh, yeah, I might as well hold on to it. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. So you're currently training for the Chicago Marathon? I am. How's I that am, going? Good. We just finished, or I just finished uh, my 20-miler on Sunday, um, as most people who are training did, too. It's the longest run, longest training run you'll have before race day. Uh, race day is 19 days away, and now at this point, we just kind of start to taper off. But I'm doing well. Um, I feel healthy. My runs have been going well. I hope to PR this year, but we'll see. There's nice. too many factors. Yeah, there are too many factors whether, you know, there's still three weeks left. You know, anything can happen. Yeah. So what does it look like? You guys are still doing, like, small runs, um, you know, focusing more on diet now and rest, and then the race comes along, and then you guys, is that kind of how the training goes? Yeah, I have two like medium-sized runs, so somewhere between eight and ten miles, and then six and eight miles, and then a few short runs during the week. Uh, diet is important. A lot of rest. I've been reading a lot of articles about how getting sleep right now is the most important thing. Um, and then race day, you know, you want a pair of fresh legs. So if you've got any sort of inflammation or cramps, and throughout the last ten weeks, naturally, there's your legs aren't a hundred percent. So it gives you a chance to kind of nurse those injuries or, you know, soreness, whatever is going on and get your legs ready for race day. Nice. Nice. Um, going back to RB fit a little bit, I'm really curious to hear what type of challenges do you see in your clients when it comes to nutrition and with working out? Um, so this is a funny story. I, I love when my clients tell me they're eating well and, I, and I look at them and I go, well, no, you're not. Uh, that's, that's one of the biggest challenges is sometimes the honesty and getting them to be as vulnerable as they need to be because you have to drop your walls if you really want to make a difference in yourself. You have to tell me what's going on because I can't fix something if I don't know what's going on. You, you, you get a lot of clients that say, well, I, I usually eat well, but and I said, but I need to know the but, if that makes sense. Yeah. You get a lot of... Um, a lot of people that are very guarded that don't want to tell you, that are ashamed to tell you, yeah, I ate an entire pizza last night. And if you don't tell me that, and then I'm assuming you ate a kale salad, my, you know, my perspective is different. So what clients sometimes don't understand is the more transparent they are, the better I can help them. Yeah, because it affects the plan of action. If they're not telling you the exactly. truth, yeah, you're going about it a different way. I see that too with a lot of people. They... um They'll say exactly, oh, I'm eating well, but but then the weekend comes around. And, well, <laughs> like the diet can't stop on the weekend. You got to keep going. And what I like to tell Agreed. people is, you know, just stick with it for four, six, eight weeks. You know, be really, you know, true to yourself. 
and have this strict diet. It doesn't have to be too strict. You can, you know, have a few cheat meals here and there. That doesn't hurt. But then from there, you know, I think you'll really fall in love with the process. And then you'll be able, you know, you'll see more and more goals come and it'll become, get easier for you. Well, once you've become so regimented on having a natural flow of your own diet, you can incorporate those cheats better without sacrificing the diet itself. The more knowledgeable you come up, you become about how you react to a new diet and the foods and you see your body changing, you naturally start to veer from some of that other stuff you were eating. Um, I used to be a huge like junk food fan back in the day. And now I look at something, I'm like, God, why did I eat that? So it's not even that my trainer told me not to. I naturally started to veer away from it. And then you start to figure out, well, what am I willing to, what, what do I want to eat? you know, for, for me to feel good about myself, but also what can I do for myself that, that, that's good. That makes me feel like, Hey, I still want that piece of cake. Go ahead, have your cake. But you also understand that you can't eat cake every day, if that makes sense. So I think if you understand the balance that's required, you start to make those changes and you start to kind of substitute things. But that's only when you start, when you do this for a good four to eight weeks. And you understand how your body is responding. I know some people will be like, okay, I want to eat a junk meal. And the next morning they feel nauseous because they kind of went too far on the other end of the spectrum in the middle of their diet. And so they feel gross eating all that fried food. And I said, yes, maybe you should have eaten like just the fries and maybe not everything else and see how your body takes it. So I think moderation and balance is where people get lost, but it's also crucial. Because, no, I don't want to eat kale every day. Nobody does. It's true. I mean, right, exactly. (laughs) Nobody wants to eat that every day. But power foods are good for you. Um, And they they are essential when it comes to certain aspects of your body. But that doesn't mean you got to do that every day. You just got to understand where the limits are, where the balance is. Yeah, it's a complete lifestyle change. And I think part of it also comes with convenience. You know, if someone is working late, they, uh, it's a lot easier to pick something up on your way home than it is to get home, make food, and clean up. You know that does take time. I think it's this convenience aspect. Do you? What do you do to help clients with when they have that trouble as well? Uh, I have a few clients that I I do a meal prep schedule for. So I tell them, you know, what after you grocery shop, here's what you are prepping on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, or you know whatever the first day of your week is. And I help them understand how to portion out their food for the week. Uh, for dinners, a lot of times you can pre-cook proteins um, or you can have them ready to go in the fridge, pop them in the oven when you get home. So you, the only thing is, it's not so much about what to do. It's having the drive to make the time to do so. I'm not going to lie and say it's not time consuming because it is. But what is worth your health is what, I come back, what it comes back to. Are you willing to do these steps so you don't end up picking up that fast food on your way home because you know you've got your dinner prepped and all you have to do is put it in the oven? So I think it's about time management more than anything and understanding, okay, here's my week. I know I create their meal plan so that it's in front of them. They know what they're eating every meal of the week. And then if some of them are very good at trying to figure out how to portion things out and some of my clients. I literally tell them, okay, on Sunday, you're making a giant batch of quinoa. Yeah, and, and it's going to last you for the week, yeah. That's right, and quinoa is one of those things that does not get weird by the end of the week. Um, 
certain things like I always I always have an issue with boiled eggs. People make them for the week because they tend to the shelf life isn't very good. And I have to admit, I by the end of the week on a Friday, because I tested out all my theories. I do this for myself too. At the end of the week on a Friday, that boiled egg doesn't smell so hot. Yeah, it may not taste bad. But it's just, I mentally look at it and go, no, I might as well have just cooked up a scrambled egg for myself. Exactly. Yeah. So, no, I definitely do that with my I, plants too. I tell people hard boiled eggs, but I usually tell them like for three days, no more. And then, you know, if you do it Sunday by Wednesday, hard boil some more eggs, you know, like every three days, I think that's like the best way. At least that's what I've seen with my experiences. I agree. I mean, that's, they don't smell good by the end of the week. That's really what it is. It's not instantaneous. And there's no instant gratification. And that's something that I feel like people have a very hard time with. Yeah, they want to see results in a week or two when, you know, that's not going to happen. Even if you're really strict to your diet and doing everything right, you know, it's, uh, it took you a while to gain all that weight and it's going to take you, you know, a little bit to lose it too. So, um, are there I know. It took me, it took me six months to finally see some results. I was, I gained weight. I gained weight before I lost it because I was building muscle before I was losing fat. And that's the other like big dramatic thing that happens with my clients and everybody goes into a, you know, a tizzy about it. I'm like, calm down because your clothes are still sitting or sitting looser, even if you're gaining weight. And I think the weight scale is such a daunting situation for a lot of people that I don't even, I don't use one with my clients for the most part. If they want to get on a scale themselves, they can. I don't weigh my clients unless it's specifically for a weight loss program in that capacity. But I tell them, I said, stay away from that thing for at least six months. Yeah. Six months and then jump on it and we'll see where you're at. What's your take on uh, calories? Do you count calories or, or is it like your weight where you don't count them? Just focus on eating real whole organic foods. Um, it depends on how, I guess, how overweight you are. Um, there are some people that I have to deal with, a cal- they, they need a calorie uh, deficit because they really do need to eat less than what they're expending. Um, and some people need to eat more because they can't gain muscle to save their life. Um, general rule, though, just eat well and be full. I don't think you need to count calories to the point where it's a logarithm. You know, like it, there's no, there's no right or wrong. Just eat well, exercise. The results will come. The numbers, if you get too caught up in the numbers, you're, you're spending more time calculating than you are doing what you need to do. And I just don't think mentally that's healthy because weight loss is mentally and emotionally a process just as much as it is physically. And the moment you get so caught up in it in your head, you start to veer away from the process itself. Yeah. Make it as easy as possible for yourself. Exactly. Do not overcomplicate it. I will count your calories if you want me to, but I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to tell you how much you're inputting because I know the math on the other side. Let me be that person. You just eat the meals I'm telling you to eat and the recipes I'm giving you to make and the process I'm wanting you to follow. Yeah. I promise you that you will see results at some point. Yeah, that's the best. I mean, that you want to keep it as easy as that. Um, now, I am a type A and I when I was training, I was all up in the numbers. That's me. And so I get that client where they're like, but why? But why? And why are we doing this? And why are we doing that? And there are people that I will explain that to. But in the most part, it's do what you need to do. You'll get the results you want. You want. Yeah. 
stay focused and follow the plan and we'll get there together. That's correct. Yeah. Are there any diet trends that you see with people? Like, do they ever ask you, oh, I'm interested in the paleo diet or the keto diet or Mediterranean diet, you know, something like that? Or is it really they come to you and they just kind of listen to whatever you have to say in your recommendations? I think there are two sides of this. There are people that naturally have dietary restriction diets, you know, gluten-free because they have celiacs, you know, or lactose intolerant, so they're dairy-free. And that's a different situation altogether. Um, I do have clients that wanted to do keto. Uh, I did keto just to try it out for about six weeks, and I hated every minute of it. Why is um, that? I try out. I my body felt like like crap. I mean, that those first couple of days when you go into ketosis, like I was dizzy, I was tired, I was cranky. I didn't particularly like the food options either. It made me, as a chef, it made me look at things and go, "I'm making bread out of cheese right now." which is ridiculous. So it just didn't, it, it was very, very hard for me to get my hands around it for myself. Um, and I know my clients who are, who wanted it, they're not severely overweight where it would actually benefit them. And you have to worry about a cholesterol issue with it because it is a high fat diet. Um, and all that cheese and cream butter is, you know, it, it, it can cause an issue. Um, so I just don't think it's a diet that, especially if you follow it per, you know, exactly what it's supposed to be, it almost needs to be handled by a medical professional, like, a, like an actual registered dietitian, because of some of the health risks that come with it. Um, can I do like an uh, adjusted keto? Yes. Where the carbs are higher, the fats lower, and the protein kind of stays the same. That's a little bit easier to monitor and not so bad for your health on a medical level. As far as me, I did bulk up. I did lean out. It works. It just doesn't feel that great inside. I, my body never felt normal. I never felt normal. Even when I was in full ketosis and in the middle of the whole diet, they say you sometimes even, even out. I never did. And I told my clients after I was done, I said, listen, I'm going to adjust this keto diet for you. But if you want to go on the absolute strict keto diet, I suggest you talk to your doctor. That was my first thing right out of the gate because yeah. I knew how I felt after that. Um, and I said, nope, I'm not, I'm not going to recommend it to anyone unless I fully understand it. And I don't. And there's very few trainers that can say they do because yeah. it's an extremely, it's an extreme diet that really has medical implications somewhere along the line. I do know people that have been severely overweight that are on it because their doctors want them to be on it but they're also being monitored as far as their cholesterol goes and they're taking, you know, and then you go into the, the strips to, to test your urine and things like that. Like what? I'm just trying to get you guys to eat. Well, this is becoming a science project. Yeah. I this can't. is too much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not here to do that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Cause I'm, the more I read, I just thought to myself, no, <laughs> this is hard enough as it is. Why are we taking it to this level when it's just not that necessary. Paleo is great. Um, I think paleo, I mean, paleo has been around for years. I think it started as Atkins sort of, or paleo was first and then Atkins and paleo. Um, it works. It's good for people who don't want to take on that heavy carb load. Uh, and I love the Mediterranean diet. I actually use it myself. Yeah. I, I think just that love one's it my favorite the- too. 
I love it, especially in the city in the spring and the summer because of all the vegetables that are out in the farmer's markets. And it's so easy to do um, during that time because it's, there's so much out there. You don't get bored eating the same vegetables as if you would in the winter. But in the spring and the summer, I had a grand time doing it. It was so good for my body. Um, I didn't necessarily lean out. I just maintained weight. I, but I enjoyed the food I ate. I enjoyed the process that it was. And it didn't veer very differently from most of my diet plans for my clients anyway. I think when I did it specifically, I realized that I actually planned like most of my clients meals around the Mediterranean diet without even knowing that that's what I was doing. So yeah, it was I'm a very guilty of that also. Yeah, it's, it came it's very naturally easy. to me. Yeah, it's, it's it's an easy diet to follow. It's good food, and I don't know. I enjoy it, and I think most people enjoy it too. Um, I make this Greek salad that I like a lot. That's really easy to make. Make that for have that for a couple of days. You know, meal prep. But I agree what you said about like the keto thing. Like you didn't like it. It wasn't for you, and that's what I tell people too. Like. Everyone might be doing this diet, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's for you or for me. Like I've tried some diets also that, you know, I was miserable on, you know, I just didn't feel good. And after a couple of weeks, I'm like, this isn't worth it. So I'd be waking up in the middle of the night, just not feeling like myself. So you really do have to find a diet that works best for you. And not everyone's the same. And I think that's a, that's a hard part, especially starting out because people don't understand. They don't have like the connection with food that, um, that you need to fully understand what your body needs and enjoys and takes from the food. I think that's one of the hardest parts when it comes to diet, especially for people that absolutely know nothing that are literally just starting out. I agree. I think that when you do something like Mediterranean, it's a very natural flow for the diet itself. You know, you, you see some pretty tomatoes, you see some spinach, you know, toss it in the quinoa. I think there's a very natural flow to that diet and you're not having to do things out of, so out of the norm to, to eat right. With keto, not only do you have to wean yourself on it, you've got to wean yourself off of it. Otherwise, you could seriously cause some major imbalances inside yourself. You know, you get off the Mediterranean diet for a month, your body's not going to go crazy. You get on it, your body's not going to go crazy. Yeah. It's... But you're still going to get results. And I think, and I think that's what it is, is the balance that the Mediterranean diet has is, so easy for anybody to approach it with yeah. because there is, there aren't a lot of rules and regulations. There's just a maze. There's some basic guidelines, but it's a free for all pick a vegetable. They're great. <laughs> you know, pick some good greens and eat your grains. And again, it's all about, and they also, I like Mediterranean because you get not just your macros, but all your micronutrients, your vitamin A and C and E and, um, and D and that's something that sometimes other diets don't take into account as much is kind of the overall nutrition factor. You know, maybe with keto, because you're eating a lot of cheese, you get a lot of vitamin D. Okay, great. But I just don't see some of the other micronutrients accounted for unless you're taking a supplement shake, which goes into a whole different sector of, you know, fitness and nutrition. But as far as whole foods go, it's very hard to get every nutrient you need on a keto diet. With Mediterranean, because the parameters are so much bigger, you can get everything you need and also be picky about what you want to eat. I felt like on keto, I didn't really have the world wasn't my oyster when it came to what I wanted to eat. It was very, very streamlined. But with Mediterranean, but even paleo, there are still broad parameters that you can, you have this meat and these veggies or this grain, this veggie. 
there's a little bit more variety that you can have for yourself. So you don't get bored of it. And I think most people fall off diets because they get bored. It's hard to eat those same meals over and over again. Yeah. That's uh, one of the challenges I have when creating these meal plans is adding more variety. I like, I don't care that much about variety. A couple different meals and I'm fine. But I know other people, they do want a variety. They don't want to be eating the same thing every they – only, they only want to eat you know one type of food once a week. And that's difficult sometimes when it comes to these diets and eating real foods. Like you're going to have to eat some of the same salads you know, every three or four days or the same meats. You can prepare it a little differently, but for the most part, you need to stick with these types of foods. No, you're right. I agree. Um, I, I generally, I, I get bored. I, for a fact, I get bored with food and I need, you know, I'm constantly looking at recipes, but I think that's my chef's background that kind of comes into play where it gets me to start thinking creatively again. And I go into my kitchen and I start testing recipes, changing things out. Um, and I think that's kind of the fun part about having that background. And also being able to provide my clients with something new, something different, because I test everything out myself. So with that said, I think the other issue that I deal with a lot is kids, families who have children, because the kids aren't going to be on that diet for the most part. Um, Again, the Mediterranean diet is perfectly suitable for a child. I would actually almost recommend it. You know, it doesn't hurt. Like, why not? Right. Why not? Right. But I would never put my kid on a keto diet. Absolutely no not. No. Uh, correct. So when you're in that predicament, then you start working with, well, here's what the kids are going to eat. Here's what you're going to eat. All of a sudden, you're creating four meal plans for one for the husband, one for the wife, one for one kid, one for the other kid. And this person's got four meal plans that they actually have to prep for and shop for. Well, that doesn't save them any money. All of a sudden, you've now created four different meal plans for four different people in one household with very few overlapping options. Yeah, that plan's so, going to fail pretty quick. Quickly. Correct. Yeah. You're going to go insane trying to even monitor that. So why not do something that's healthy for everyone in the family as a whole? Yeah. So, again, balance. It, it all comes down to balance and knowing when to eat, what to eat, how to eat. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what are your thoughts on intermittent fasting? I don't do it. I... I never agree. It depends because I work out so much that if I were to do it, I would, I can't handle that calorie deficit. My body would collapse. I need that regeneration. Um, Certain people react to it. Well, Uh, I've seen certain people not react to it at at all. It doesn't do anything for them. And I've seen certain people where they're like me. Oh my God, that was the worst thing ever. Um, I suggest, I mean, I do fast um, a few times a year, but not, for more than a day. That's it. I don't do, I, I don't, I don't consider it a regular thing. I believe in eating. I believe the more you eat, the more your body processes, the more your body can handle what it needs to handle and understand what it needs and what it doesn't. Yeah. You're not going to know that. You're not going to know that if you're not putting anything in it, then your body, then you're just depriving your body of, again, it goes back to the nutrient thing. You still need nutrients. You still need that stuff. Even if it's in a smaller quantity. But once you deprive it completely, like I don't understand the whole juicing thing. People take those like lemon, you know, those lemon concoctions with the vinegar. Never understood the whole flush. Never understood that one at all. Um, it just doesn't make sense. Just eat healthy. Yeah. And I find that a lot of people who do the intermittent, fat, intermittent fasting and those like juice flushes are because they gorged for the last month. 
and I, they, they didn't eat one leafy green for the last month, so they're trying to... It is a very... Again, we're going back to the instant gratification situation. Yeah, you're going to lose weight because you're just losing all the water. But water energy and glycogen storage is also what keeps you going. So I, there's a very weird contradiction there that I just don't seem to understand. But that's because maybe I am an athlete and I need that energy every day. I need those carbs every day. I need that water storage every day so I don't cramp up. So maybe it's just the way I am as an athlete and who I am as a trainer but I don't necessarily believe in depriving your body of what it needs for the day. Yeah. Just a personal opinion. Yeah. I, uh, I've never tried it. It's something I have uh, interest in. I'm thinking about doing it towards the end of the winter, early spring. Cause I've heard good things about it. I've heard mixed reviews when people do ask me advice on it, or I definitely want to be a little bit more knowledgeable on it. I feel like I'm pretty knowledgeable on it. I know what's going on, but I've never tested it on myself. So I definitely plan on doing it, testing it out, seeing how it is, and before I can actually talk in more detail about it. But I think it's a interesting concept from what people say that they get like their thoughts are better. And they're you know you start using fat as for fuel, so you're burning more fat. I don't know. I feel like there might be some good benefits to it, but like I said, I haven't done it yet. I don't want to like say you guys should be doing this. this is the best diet you know this is the best way to go about it yet so agreed i think i think if you're going to do intermittent intermittent fasting you, you should not do that right off the bat when you're starting your weight loss journey you got to understand your body and know how to read it before you get into something that in that capacity because like you said until you know what's going on it's really hard to understand how your body's going to react um and sometimes people don't get it and people don't understand their bodies until they're about um, two months into a diet or, you know, just any kind of um, weight loss program or, you know, just their lifestyle change. They always say it takes four to eight weeks to change your lifestyle, to make it a habit, but it takes two weeks to, to break it. And Or a day uh, for some people. Or a day, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess that's all relative. But again, you know, it takes four to eight weeks to create a habit and two weeks to break one. And I think once you get to the eight weeks, you start to understand, well, my body feels great after I eat this. My body feels terrible after I eat this. Then you, when you go into these like more extreme measures where you're, 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 you're working with your body and not eating and then eating, at least you can, you know, the signals of your own body. I have a feeling if I did this, I would be so hangry. It wouldn't even be a good thing for me, for, for anyone to be around me. Yeah. Because I get, I, I use like nine meals a day. I would be so hungry if I didn't eat for a day. I, I'm not sure how I would function. I'm, I'm hungry after missing one meal. I couldn't imagine how I would feel emotionally and mentally missing a day. That would just not work for me. Yeah. Like I just couldn't. But I know that about myself. I, you know, I, if I've inadvertently during the day because of my schedule miss a meal, I realize how cranky I am. And I have to stick, you know, a handful of almonds in my mouth before I, you know, punch someone in the face, unfortunately. But you get my point. No, yeah, I completely that, do. And going back to it, like, it takes a while for you to get to know your body. I can look at a food, even a food that I've never had before. And for somehow, some way, I know how my body's going to react to it if I eat it right away. Like, I agree. Don't need to eat here. It. Yeah, I just see it like, oh, oh that's something new. Oh, my food body's probably going to react this way to it. So, you know, I like to try new foods. I'll probably still try it, but I'm usually pretty accurate with how my um, body's going to react to it. 
I, don't I know, agree. I don't know I how, agree. maybe it's, you know, just years of doing it. Um, then I have this instinct now that I've developed, but yeah, I can see food and I know I'm like, especially some like junk food out there, processed foods. I'm like, I can't eat this. I'll literally get sick. <laughs> I won't be able to sleep. <laughs> exactly. And that's kind of what I was talking, I touched on earlier that you naturally start to veer away from certain things. I look at certain things and my stomach starts to churn yeah. and things that I used to eat by the, you know, by the, Words of it back in the day and I look at it now going how did I ever eat that and if I were to eat that now I don't know what the fuck happened exactly like I'm, I'm surprised inside. how did I not die eating those foods <laughs> a couple of years ago because exactly. I ate so much of it but and I was and I was fine too it didn't affect me at all maybe it's because I am getting older I don't know what it is but I think it's because my body is just getting used to eating more real natural organic foods agreed so I absolutely agree with that um, and that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. No, not at all. But, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy about it. So. But it takes a while to get there. That's the whole point is it does take some time to get your mind there and to understand your body. And, you know, we took the time to do that. You know, you and I during our own processes and people need to do that themselves and realize that it's not going to happen in a week. You're not going to understand what's going on in a week. No. It'll take it'll take a couple of weeks. Um, just start out with eating real organic, whole foods. Leave out the processed foods, the junk foods, and uh, the high sugar. That's a big problem. And you know, exercise yes. a little bit more, and you're gonna you're gonna be well on your bat path. It's a great starting point right there. And then you can um, add more and do more as the weeks go on. You know, as you get better. You know, it's. It's a difficult journey. It's a difficult process, but um, you know you just got to take it week by week. Agreed. And like some clients that come in, I look at their what you know what they've been eating over the last you know few weeks, and if I if I see that there's just too much of the wrong foods on there, I I can't switch their diet around in, in a week and tell them to not eat any of this because that's going to be a shock on their body as well. So you kind of have to wean them off with like a couple of different vices per week. Like if they if they put cream and sugar in their coffee, like you know full fat cream or those like sugary creamers, that's the first thing I take off, and that may be what they have to do for a week to just get used to that. There are certain things, especially sugar, because if you take away all of the processed you know high sugar stuff, they're going to crash and crash hard, and that doesn't help them either. So you as a as a, as a nutritionist, I have to go through and say, okay, what can I take them off of that'll make a difference but also not create this shock in their body yeah. to the point where they're, you know, they can't move or they can't function because it happens that sugar high and that crash is pretty, it's pretty rough. So yeah, I usually do about two bad food items for every two weeks. So like every Agreed. two weeks I, we go back at it and I'm like, all right, now we're taking this out two, two weeks later and we're taking this out. So after depending how much, how bad your diet was, it can take, like you said earlier, four to eight weeks, and then it's a pretty clean diet. Agreed. That's exactly how I work as well. Yeah. You can't just do a 180 like, right away. You'll, you'll That's fail. The person, you'll fail. Correct. You'll fail. They won't even try to keep up with it because it's beyond their anything they're even used to. And it's so much easier to, at that point, be, well, this is ridiculous. What are you doing? And not adhere to it. It's, it's so overwhelming you know, and emotional at that point. And that's what people don't get about weight loss. And I can speak to it because I know that emotional roller coaster, what it means to have to take things out of your diet and replace them with other things. And then mentally 
look at things and go, well, why am I here in the first place? And then you're wondering how you got to this point where you need a meal plan and then you're working out and you're sore every day. There's a lot to process in a, in a, in a, in a weight loss plan. So don't make it harder on them. It's already hard enough. You play so many mental games with yourself. You make it as easy as it is and make it as transitional as it can be. Yeah. I, um, I like to add, like, I like to make my workouts, especially at the beginning, uh, like fun and more enjoyable, maybe not as challenging, uh, especially if they're just getting started out, uh, you know, just so they don't get discouraged. I know I see this at the gym and, you know, I was even one of these people years ago that you, it's, if you're the smallest, skinniest guy at the gym, everyone else is so strong, they know what they're doing. It's tough to walk in there with, you know, confidence and start working out properly. So I kind of structure my workouts that way. How do you structure your workouts? I have a, so my first workout is a general, just, uh, just a general, you know, there's a body weight workout, you know, lightweight. It's very, it's, it's, it's rounded. Um, it's a general workout that I do. It also allows me to look at their body in a certain way, you know, just the imbalances and things like that. You know, NASM tells you to, you know, the NASM process is that way where, you want to learn kind of where their body stands. And it's great because you know that some people are really good balance, but they can't squat or they're really strong upper body and they can do push up, but they're, you know, they couldn't get through um, a leg press to save their life. So it's nice to see where people straight. It's good to see where people's strengths and weaknesses are. And that's always my first workout to find out more about that person without having to ask them. Because as soon as you start to like, I have a carrying trainer where I'm doing an inspection going like, Hmm, you know, the best way to do that is to give them something fun to do. It's an upbeat body weight workout, really lightweight. They feel good that they did something. A lot of them haven't, a lot of my clients haven't done anything in so long. And then they have this endorphin high and it's great to see. Um, but at the same time, it's functional because I get to see kind of what they like to do, what they don't, what they're good at, what they're not, where their body is most strongest, where their body is weakest. Then from there, I, I create workouts based on that criteria first and then i'll go into like i love using equipment that they don't actually know what it is like a lot of people have never used battle ropes and i can't tell you how many of my clients love them they see them on tv they see them you know in other places and they see other people doing them and then when they get on them they're like oh this is fun um that's the kind of stuff i like to do it's taking you know equipment that you don't see as um conventional at all times and they get and maybe like you go to a gym and you're looking at a kettlebell going, what is this? How do I even use this thing? Or a BOSU ball. I love that thing. But I could imagine that if I didn't know what it was, I don't know what I would do with it other than maybe sit on it. Yeah. But I get people to do, I mean, I get people to do burpees and balance work and, you know, uh, just a lot of like body weight work and leg work on it. So I like using stuff like that. Even the TRX, um, you know, dumbbells, weight machines, um, Everyone knows that stuff, and that's always it's always a staple in the workout. But I love to mix in some of more of those fun things that we get to do. Like people love the stability balls, and we do core work with it. Um, even like the free motion machines, the cable machines, uh, ladder work. People love ladders. I have no idea why. My clients love like popping through them. So again, it's all about making the workout as enjoyable as it can be. But there's there's an underlying structure that they don't actually seem to know about and you don't want to get them there that's not their technicality that's my technicality 
but I love giving them a workout where they don't even know that they're actually working out. Yeah. And so, and that's not all the time. Naturally I'll have days where they're just literally pumping iron for a good 45 minutes. And yeah. that's, that's essential and crucial and they know it, but then I'll reward them the next day and we'll do like circuits and they're just fun and short and easy and dynamic. So that's where you got to create variety bottom line. Otherwise it's not going to happen. And also take out the intimidation so that when they go to the gym, they can pick up that kettlebell and go, Hey, I know how to use this now. I'm going to do squats with it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and they can pick up the battle ropes at the gym and do what we did the other day. My whole point is you've got to walk away from me, from my training sessions to be able to go into the gym yourself as well and not be intimidated. Like you were saying with anybody around you, because you know how to use that battle rope. You know how to get on that BOSU ball and do some balance work. Yeah. And that gets you, that empowers you when you're there on your own. Because ultimately, you are going to have to do this on your own. Yeah, you're not I always going to be around there. And you, it's an educational process, too. You're helping them get through this point, but hopefully they can learn during it. So when they, they go off on their own, that, you know, they can be successful. I think another thing that I have with my clients, they also, sometimes they don't know if they're doing a row right or if they're using the right muscles to do certain, especially dumbbell movements or anything strength training related. And I feel like what I do is I, I put them, I get them to go through the motions, but I ask them to feel what muscles are moving, especially when I correct their form. So, I mean, for instance, you do like a, a row, you know that your back, your back muscles are going to be contracting. And I let them feel that. And I stick my finger in the middle of their shoulder blades. And I said, this is how it should feel when you're in the gym. So when you're, when you're on your own, you know that your body gets familiar with that movement and you know you're doing it right and not you're using proper form. So it is a lot about education. I love to educate my clients. I did that as a chef as well. People often wondered, people often ask me, you know, you teach a lot when you cook. I said, I do. I also teach a lot when I train as well. Because again, I don't want to be your trainer for life. I want to be a resource for you. But I want you to ultimately be on your own journey the way I went on my own. Yeah, And I maintain the lifestyle myself because I want it and I, I feel confident and educated enough to do so. I want my clients to be the same way. Yeah. I'm There's here no to get you started. That push, that initial correct. push. You work out with your um, clients at a gym, correct? It's not online. You're not like an online uh, trainer. No, I just, I like the interaction, yeah. the personal interaction. So all your clients are based out of Chicago. Correct. What's your... Uh, Goal time for uh, the Chicago Marathon? Four hours, 30 minutes. Four hours, 30 minutes. What did you run in uh, 2016? 2016 was a funny year because I flipped on a banana, banana peel at like mile 19. So they give out these half. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm straight out of a cartoon at the moment. <laughs> so in 2016, I was running a really good pace. I probably would have had a 428. But uh, I didn't, this was my first marathon, so I didn't even know they were giving out bananas. I was very clueless as to what was going on. And so mile 19, they gave you these half bananas and you, you, you eat them, you throw the peel on the ground and naturally they can't clean that up as quickly as people are coming through. Uh, and then of course they have the Gatorade cup that's waxy and basically a banana peel and a Gatorade cup and my heel flipping was not a good combination. Oh no. Did and you get I hurt pulled, or did it just, uh, hurt your I, time? I, I, I pulled my hamstring. I hobbled over to the medic tent and the guy worked on me for about 20 minutes. And he said, I don't think you should run. I said, I have, I mean, I have seven miles left. I don't care if I walk, like I'm going to do this. 
So it naturally slowed my gait, um, but I did lose 20 minutes just from being there and having him work on my leg. And obviously it slowed my pace down, but I finished at like 4.59 right under the five hour mark. So it's still good and take a 20, you know, you had to come out for 20 minutes and hurt hamstring for the last yeah. seven miles. <laughs> good times. And last year it was just hot. And I mean, by the time you got to mile 20, your legs were cramping. I saw people just falling over. It was brutal. And at some point you realize like your PR isn't worth it because if you start to cramp that hard, um, you're going to pull something. You're going to, especially when I started to feel it in my Achilles because of the back of my calves that were hurting. And I thought, I thought to myself, nope, I'm going to be walking the next the last three miles. And I did. I kind of walked, skipped, you know, some kind of weird maneuver, whatever I could do to get to the finish line. And I finished there. in five. Yeah, I finished at 509. So, again, this year I've, I've, uh, I've become a stronger runner, uh, I think, because I've just become a stronger person. Uh, I definitely approached this year a lot differently than the last two years. So let's see if it works. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, far, so, so far, so good. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm cheering you on, wishing you the best. Is there anything else you want to add? And like, how can people find you that listen to it? We do have quite a few Chicago listeners on the show. So I would definitely, you know, if they're interested, how can they reach out to you? Uh, my website is www.rvfitchicago.com. That's the best way to find me. There's a contact me page there. Of course, my Instagram and my Facebook pages are all everywhere. Um, but those are the best ways. Um, I don't know if I'll be doing a boot camp next spring, but it may happen. Uh, just working with the park district can be a little bit challenging, especially in the city. So I can't, I can't say for sure, but I'd love to start doing much of outdoor boot camps next spring and summer, which will be a lot of fun because it's very noncommittal, but also gets you to do something different, you know, in the morning or in the evening. And aside from your, I'm not trying to, re-regimen anyone it's just more like hey i'm gonna just take this class in the morning and have a good day with it instead of not instead of going to full cycle or something like that so i wanted to create a little bit more variety where it's not so much of a training program it's just something fun to do outside so so you've been doing this boot camp for the last couple years it's just outside for like an hour um i've been doing them with clients right now oh with clients they're not groups yeah not yet i've just been doing with clients all summer just to test it out also, I wanted to kind of see what was going on around the city and the park. People were doing them. Other trainers were. And I saw a lot of that. So it gives me a really good idea to push forward for next spring. So, but I call it Reboot. Um, and I will make announcements on that soon enough. So, Monica, that's great to hear. I'm wishing you the best. And good luck in the Chicago Marathon. You've been so generous with your time. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, shout out to Mickey for uh, getting us in touch. I do my bang like a cold kid. That's first line of the day. Max Payne, I'm a murder of the day. Working like my mama who be working for the race. Yeah, I love your mama. A lot of people rapping. A lot of people talking, nobody make it up. Take it to Chicago, they gon' pull your G cup. I bet you're not the keeping that you say you are. <laughs> Run it on the highway. I need a red carpet on my driveway. I'm a monster, heard it midway. Put your way, I do this shit my way. I need all your energy, I need you to believe. All my body and soul. I need all your energy, I need you to believe. All my body and soul. Go, I need all your energy, I need you to believe. Through your body, your medulla, I've been got it Baby, fear the bounce, I got it from my mama uh. 
Pretty bounce, I got it from my mama. Huh? Someone bless me, I got the holy water. Feeling through your body, your medulla, I've been got it. Baby, for the bounce, I got it from my mama. Huh? Got it from my mama. Huh? Yeah. Got it from my mama. Huh? Love so big that they call me Big Pop. Outbreak kid, yeah, they call me Showstop. Big so big that my bitch got pop. White skinny kid, but they call me Don Don. This all me, I ain't get it from my father. If you thirsty, I got the holy water. Tell the streets, call the priest, tell your friends, tell your mama. I got a holy water, hey, dig it to the beat Like an info do it in the sheets I can do this all week, love it so much I do it for the free When my heart feel the beat, it's like a new pet joint It's just dropped in the streets Hunted on the highway, I need a red carpet On my driveway, I'm a monster Heard it midway, put your way I do this shit my way I need all your energy, I need you to believe All my body and soul I need all your energy, I need you to believe All my body and soul I need all your energy, I need you to believe. I need all your energy, I need you to believe. The divine gift, 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 divine gift